Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. How are we doing? Um, good. I've had yeah. I've had better days. Uh, yeah, we had a great we had a busy I'm weekend. I'm tired. Yeah. Jorge, how how you gave me time, hour and, and minute of how long you slept Nine last night. Nine hours and forty seven minutes. Wow, I don't remember the last time I did that. I was I fell asleep. I saw the end of the first quarter of the AFC game, championship game. And then I was out. Like wow. a rock. Yikes. Yeah, it was a it was a good weekend though. It's a great weekend. On Saturday, we had our confirmation um, spirit day with our confirmation students, both in religious ed and the school. And 130 candidates. That's a lot. It was a lot. And um, this, it has, was a, this has to be one of our larger confirmation yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was a beautiful day. Um, and I, I think, you know, I think the lead is what one of the students told one of our teachers, which was? She said this. Uh, she said it was the the retreat was life changing. It was the best eight hours of her life, or up there among the best eight hours of her life, and that she is absolutely in love with her faith. Thirteen years old, and I was blown away by that. No, that the girl who said that is a wonderful girl, tough cookie. You know, has you know can be can be tough. She's yep. she's she she plays a lot of sports, so you know is you know formed on the on the court on the basketball courts and on the soccer fields and and football fields, but uh, but has. An incredible depth to her. She wrote something for me uh, back in November, which just blew me blew me away. I, you know, I was like, "Wow!" For a thirteen year old, write this. Yeah. What she was thankful for was just incredibly deep. Has great compassion. So it didn't surprise me that she that she said that. But the entire day was just filled with, and, that, and that's what we're going to focus on. We'll get to the to the readings uh, from yesterday in a minute, but. Uh, the entire day was just focused on the kids and, and, and the way that Jorge broke up the retreat was. Yep. So I, I actually had an, an original plan and I scrapped it. <laughs> just like my homily this weekend. Completely. <laughs> uh, you know, after the, after the passing of Pope Benedict and the funerals and, and, you know, just reflecting on so many of his writings. So I said, no, I got to take advantage. So I scrapped my original plan and I came up with five quotes, five well-known quotes of Benedict. And I used those as the as the the prompt for each of the five of the four talks in the holy hour um, and we just kicked off with one of my favorites the world promises you comfort but you are not made for comfort you are made for greatness and that kind of set the table for the rest of the day you know what is greatness what is what is really greatness you know, and and i kind of brought that back to jesus in the eucharist and, and our universal call to holiness that we're meant to be saints and confirmation empowers us to do that uh, and then just the rest of the day i don't know if you want me to read all the no, all the yeah, five quotes no, no, here, but, that's, that's, but that's, that's, that was that's, that was the starter. That one. <laughs> no, and I, the way that I used that when I preached my homily on on um, on Saturday night because we had uh, the vigil mass was there with right, the, the closing, closing mass yep. of the of the retreat. Uh, obviously, the gospel yesterday was uh, the Beatitudes, and you know you want to talk about greatness. You know, Jesus spells out how you can achieve that greatness in the Beatitudes. You know, 
you want to be great in heaven, you have to be poor in spirit. You have to, you know, you have to be among the mourn, the ones who mourn, the ones who are meek, the ones who are hunger, the hunger and thirst for righteousness, the ones who are merciful, the ones who are clean of heart, the ones who are peacemakers, the ones who are persecuted. Uh, that's how you achieve greatness. And it's like I told the kids, this is the the playbook to to borrow a phrase for football. You know, the playbook that God gives us to be able to achieve greatness in the spiritual life. So Pope Benedict, you know, obviously most of these quotes were addressed during World Youth Day. And, you know, that, that greatness that, that eludes us because of our sin. Because we don't want to put in the work, like I mentioned last week, we, we put conditions yep. on our discipleship, and so we can't achieve that. And, and I was telling the kids is that, and this is where, you know, where, what I really harped on during that closing homily was, the world promises all this comfort. And the thing is that they're, they're formed by all the comfort, quote-unquote, that they find on social media, yep. on Snapchat, on TikTok, on, on Instagram. One of the, one of the, spe- one of the, to- uh, the talks, the girl that was giving the talk, she's on Facebook. I was so sweetheart. Yeah. They don't, I'm, 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 I was one of those talks that I was on the computer behind her. I think, yeah, sweetheart, they don't, they don't use it. They haven't used Facebook in 10 yep. years. Kids, kids these age. Uh, your grandmother is the only one that's using Facebook these days. So uh, apologies to anyone who's young who still uses Facebook, <laughs> by the way. Um, but I mean, I don't use it anymore. Because I have it because the parish because account. Of the church, yep. Yeah, but I, every time I go on it because somebody sends me something from it or I, I scroll through it briefly, I'm like, thank God I'm not on this. And then I realize there's a very select few people that are on it, but I yep. digress. But I tell them, this is, you, you, they, they're formed by all these images. This is how you're supposed to look. This is what you're supposed to wear. Yep. This is how you're supposed to think. Yep. And all of this is going to give you comfort, yep. to bring you comfort. But that's what the Pope says. That's how much yep. we were meant for. You're meant for greatness. Yep. And, the, and the flip side, and it's something that I briefly mentioned in the talk, was the world says, you know, everything goes. Yeah, you know, just whatever, do it. Whatever makes you happy, you know, whatever makes, you know, if you're comfortable, fine. Every, it's good. Everything's great, you know. Let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya and let's just get along, you know. Uh, but but that's not what we're called to. You know, that what we're called to, as you just spelled out for us, as, as Jesus spells out for us, excuse me, as you read for us in the Beatitudes, you know, is a life of sacrifice, a life of... Oh, but we don't like that word. Oh, I know. We, we, we've spoken about this at length. But that is what the spiritual... What spiritual greatness demands is, you know, pissing some people off. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not pissing some people off, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. If I can be blunt about it. <laughs> you know, talking about sacrifice, the kids... You had 130 kids. They're all 13. we between 13 and 16 years old, maybe some 17-year-olds in there. But... Yeah, we, I made, I'd have made them suffer a little bit. You did. I was going to say that. <laughs> we put them in Cumber Hall, sitting on the floor. And you're thinking, okay, they're young. It's not going to be a problem. But when they're sitting there for half an hour listening to a talk, and then going outside and sitting on the floor either in Cumber Hall yeah. or on the grass outside, you know, they were looking, and we wouldn't let them lean against the columns. And there was one... <laughs> There's one girl in particular that she had just had it. She was just sprawled out <laughs> on the grass. And she had had a tough week, the poor girl. So I said, I go, Father, my back is killing me. I mean, obviously, at 13, they're going to be dramatic. Yeah. I go, and I need water. I go, sweetie, there's a water fountain back there. No, no, no. I never heard anyone say this. I know we're in Carl Gables. 
<laughs> I know my kids live pampered lives, but I had never heard a kid turn on any. I go, no, sorry. I had never heard any kind of kid say, no, I don't want that water. So I, literally, I had to go in the church to get something. I go, I'm going to the sack. So I took two of the girls. They went with me. That's and, hilarious. And they went to the water cooler where we have the Zephyr Hills water bottle. Oh, geez. And they were just were like, ah. Oh. And, and then I said, you want to sit down? So there, you know, that, that chair we used to use for the archbishop that's in, in, the, sec, in the working sacristy. She sat down and goes, ah. Oh. And I'm like, sweetheart. You know, you're going, you know, you're going off to high school and many of your friends are going to go on blue missions in a couple of years. You're not going to be yeah. able to hack it in blue missions if yep. you can't sacrifice and if you can't. She goes, no, Father, I can't go on blue missions. Literally, this is the... I go, why? He goes, I cannot go to bed every night unless I've washed my hair. I'm like, well... Well... I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say something else. But, you know, it's like you ain't washing your hair every day. Maybe once or twice that yep. week if you're lucky. But And, and listen, her hair got blusters... Always immaculate. All right, I'll, I'll reconsider the chairs for next week. But it is, it is. It was, it was something. There's something to make them suffer a little bit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, yeah. And and the thing is, and the chairs are much better. They're metal chairs. That's what I'm. Uh, the I, chairs are much better. I've sat in both, and I prefer the floor. You versus, do, you do it next year. You sit with the kids. Next I have year for eight. Hours. I have but eight hours in those chairs. They're not sitting eight hours. I mean, they go get up. They they could go sit on the floor outside. I'm just, I'm just saying. But to the point being, okay. <laughs> That we've gone on sacri- a we've yeah. gone squirrely here. Yeah, the, the the point being that sacrifice the world doesn't like it. Nope. No, no, no. You need to avoid sacrifice. Yep. But anything worth having is worth sacrifice. Yep. Is worth working towards. Yep. You have to sacrifice. You know, if you want a high paying job, if you want to get that, you know, that that big promotion or that. You have to sacrifice. You have to go through school, and you have to sacrifice your time to be able to study. If you're going to go to law school, you have to put in all these hours to, to study for the bar yep. and all that. If you're medical school, you have to put all these hours and keep reading, and you have to sacrifice constantly. If you want to achieve your goals, if you want, to, if you want something happy, you know, marry a millionaire and, and that's it, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's not the real world. So they don't understand. The world doesn't understand sacrifice. You, you look at, you know, you look at Europe, and you know, with since the Great Recession in two thousand seven and eight, you know they've been put, you know, trying to put austerity measures to say, listen, we need to sacrifice as a country, and people don't won't buy that. Backtrack to World War Two, where we had to sacrifice mm-hmm. as a nation. That's why it's called the Greatest Generation because yep. they knew they had to sacrifice. They knew they had to. Okay, we need to hold back from using this or having this luxury because it need, we need to support the war effort. To be able to defeat Nazi Germany, you know that was sacrifice. But this, I, I it was not too long ago that I was having this conversation with a friend. He goes, "Do you think that we would ever not only have that sense of unity as a nation, but also have that sense of purpose of saying we need to sacrifice to be able to achieve greatness, to mm-hmm. be able to achieve victory? You know, most consequential victory in the history of man." Yep. So the kids aren't used to that. They're used to comfort, and and I said it during the homily goes. We're used to our comfortable shoes and our comfortable slippers and our comfortable sweatpants and, you know, comf- comfy sweaters and, 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 you know, our comfy beds and, okay. Yep. And that's why I set the table with that one, but with that quote. I should have had, I should have had the, 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 the Carmelites talk about what they sleep on. Oh, yeah. Okay. We, we, you, you know, we went there when we blessed the new convent and, you know, you see that it's a very thin mattress. It's not, listen. It's not the barracks of, you know, we yeah. just saw the Holocaust. <laughs> it's not the barracks yeah. in Auschwitz, you know, thanks be to God. 
but it's very austere. Yeah. It's, it's not my 12-inch plush with a topper and a... No. And memory foam and then another foam. layer. I have of memory <laughs> foam, yeah. My, my mother was one that... I got to a parish one time. She goes, yeah, this mattress stinks. You need memory foam. So uh, it's not the mattress that's conformed yeah. to your body mm-hmm. and all that or it moves up or moves down. See, that's what we want. Everything is comfortable. Yep. But greatness. And when it comes to spiritual life, and this is the trap of the prosperity gospel espoused by some, that, oh, if you follow Jesus, everything will be fine. And they ignore, you know, what I'm looking at right now, yep. they ignore the cross. Yep. They ignore that in order to achieve greatness, in order to achieve the resurrection, in order to achieve eternity, we have to go through our Good Friday. Yep. But we don't yep. want to. And, you know, and that leads us right into that second quote that we used. Do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away and gives you everything. When we give ourselves to him, we receive a hundredfold in return. Yes, open. Open wide the doors to Christ and you will find true life. And we, we use that as a prompt for, the, for you know, a talk on living sacramentally. You know, frequent, yeah. frequent reception of, of communion, frequent participation in, in confession, reconciliation. You know, making the sacraments an integral part of our life because it's in the sacraments that we give ourselves to Jesus Christ and more than give what we receive back. You know, when we really put ourselves in Jesus Christ, you know, what we receive back, is, as Pope Benedict tells us, a hundredfold in return. You know, and there's nothing to be afraid of. So often we get, we're afraid to go to confession. No, no, I'll go. We're afraid to open our hearts. I don't want to go yet. You know, I'll, I'll go next week. No, I'm not ready for that. Mm-hmm. You know, no, and the next, next thing you know, it's, it's been six months, eight months, a year, year four years. You know, we, a friend told me recently they went to confession for the first time after, in 15 years. I go, wow. And that blew my mind. Like, how do you go 15 years without confession? But good for him because he went back. You know? But we're so afraid. And all we need to understand is that just open the door a little bit and what we're going to get back is so much. Because we're afraid of being vulnerable. Yep. And it goes back to the first one. Yep. The world doesn't want you. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, especially, you know, Guys and girls. Oh yeah. Guys, you have to be men. Yep. But women, no, no, no. We have to be new, new women. You know, nothing affects us. Nothing. Pro- both. It appears. It, it applies to both. We cannot show vulnerable vulnerability. Vulnerability. Got- I don't know. Why I can't get it out. <laughs> we can't be vulnerable. We can't. We have to sh- put up this face. Mm-hmm. Put up this facade. But when you open up the doors to Christ. It's opening yourself up for love. And what is love if not being vulnerable? And so, is Christ going to hurt us? No. He's going to call us to sacrifice. He's going to call us, what does he say in the gospel? Want to follow me? Take up your cross and follow me. Oh, but we, can we do it? Can we go another way? Is, 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 let me look through the manual. Is there, another, is there another way to get to heaven? No. There's only one way. Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And... You open wide the doors, and that, but that's why the words of the Holy Father, and I said it, it kind of echoes the words of his predecessor, St. John Paul II, echoes the words of the gospel where he said over and over again, do not be afraid. Because if you open up the doors to Christ, sure, there may be things that we don't like, what we don't want to go through, and that's perfectly natural, but that's the key to happiness, which is, I think, the next quote. Yep. So it says, dear young people, the happiness you are seeking the happiness you have a right to enjoy has a name and a face. It is Jesus of Nazareth hidden in the Eucharist. Mm. And I know this was this was one that you tweeted out after yep, Benedict. Yeah, that's one of my favorites because it's so Eucharistic. Yep. And we're again, 
we're all looking for comfort. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to sacrifice. And we're looking for happiness. And obviously, that's fine. The Lord wants us to be happy. The Lord wants us to share in His joy. He says that, I want my joy to be in you and your joy to be complete. But the question is, what brings us joy? Is it fleeting happiness? You know, just do this. See, Jorge put a bottle of wine here in the studio. <laughs> because the bottle of wine it was, is a, it was a bad look on top of my it, desk. It is right? a bad look so on top. Like and not only because it's a here. bottle of wine, because the title, <laughs> the, 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 the bottle of wine is called Secret Mistress. Okay? <laughs> Which is not good for a priest or a married man. But anyways, so I'm looking at So the world promises happiness. But the world says, okay, this is fleeting. Ah, I could, we could drink this bottle of wine. We'll be happy the rest of the day. But we have work to do. I have yeah. a funeral in a, couple, in a couple of hours. You have meetings. You know, we have things to do. So, okay, happiness isn't found in this bottle. Mm-hmm. Happiness is not found in the computer. Happiness is not found on your phone. Happiness is not found in X, Y, or Z, whatever they're advertising okay. on TV. Like, for example, you know, you look no, at it's, it. It's found in the number of, uh, of hearts I get on my Instagram post. Oh, that's also, you know, that, it's that, very, that, very that important was, metric. That's, that's one of those things that, 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 that I said I need to get off Instagram because you're fed. Yeah. And there's, there's studies of this. You're fed by, you know, wow, look at how many people like this one. Mm-hmm. I did something good. And so, where's that guy that we follow, um, Tommy, on, on, oh, Twitter, yeah, on Twitter? You know, de- from, the, from the need to be retweeted, deliver us, O oh Lord, is his pinned tweet. Uh, because you know, it, it means it's an affirmation, if you will, and we and we like to be affirmed for sure. But and I said it in my homily. I go, listen, do we want to be affirmed here on earth, or do we want to be affirmed in heaven? That that's the key. So happiness has a name, has a face. It's Jesus Christ present in the Eucharist. Going back to that sacramental thing, because you look at it all around, and I tell kids, I've been telling them this for twenty four years when <coughs> I started teaching. Uh, you can only be happy if Christ is the center of your life. You won't find it anywhere else. And we forget that. Well, which great, is why we go to confession. great line from uh, St. Augustine. Hearts are restless. Hearts are restless until they rest mm-hmm. in you. And it's only in Jesus Christ that we find that. You know, like I got nine hours and 47 minutes of sleep last night. Yeah. Week, and, and I'll still be tired tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we only find real rest, uh, true life in Jesus Christ, true happiness. True greatness in Jesus Christ. So for, that was our that was our holy hour, and the kids, uh, Father Andrew, had a great reflection during holy hour. We talked talked about falling in love. The Pedro Rupert quote: yeah. "Fall in love, stay in love, and that'll make all the difference." And and it was the first time some of our students went to a holy hour. I know our our students here at the school go to adoration on a, on a regular rotation basis, but for some of the kids in religious ed, that's the first time they had actually sat through an entire. Holy hour, and that was that was very impactful for a lot. Like, wow, that was cool. Yeah, I heard that. Yep. So the, from there we went, and this was this was kind of a, I called it surprised by God. It was a great surprise for the kids because Sister Sean Pauline, our eighth grade English, uh, teacher. English teacher, gave her vocation story, and the quote that she was reflecting on: "There is nothing more beautiful than to be surprised by the gospel, by the encounter with Christ. There is nothing more beautiful than to know Him." and to speak to others of our friendship with him. And Sister Jean-Pauline went and kind of bared her soul and said, this is my story. And and what fascinated me when I was putting these quotes together and trying to figure out, all right, who do I want to invite to speak? I didn't know Sister Jean-Pauline's story. But there was something calling me to invite her to, to give her story, you know, to, 
to connect with the kids, to, to share her life. And her entire vocation story was very scripturally based. So that the first line is, there's nothing more beautiful than to be surprised by the gospel. And then to hear her speak about how she was surprised by scripture and the gospels over and over and over, which led you know, to, to her discovering her vocation. I was just like, all right, Lord, <laughs> thank you, because you're definitely in charge here. Cause there's no way I could have yeah. scripted this. And the kids absolutely loved it. You know, no, she's, and she's a remarkable. By this point, it was 2.30 it was at this time when, when she spoke. The kids were already getting a little restless. That, that's kind of like the witching hour. But <laughs> but I, I was so impressed with, and considering it was 130 of them, I was so impressed with how they did throughout the entire day. You know, they were engaged. You know, I didn't have to yell at them. Well, I yelled at them once, once but, yeah, but just mosh to, to sit down. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but but again... When we open ourselves to be surprised by God, and again, it goes back to that being afraid. You know, we're afraid to be vulnerable and, and not recognize that what we're going to receive back is going to blow us away in in an amazing way. And it, we might have to suffer a little bit. You know, we might have to sacrifice a little bit. We might have to leave some people behind. But what the Lord promises us moving forward, you know, is is a a great surprise. And a beautiful surprise, you know. And it's that true happiness, that true greatness, that true joy. And there's nothing more beautiful than that. Yeah, uh, sister, sister Champagne is an extraordinary uh, Carmelite sister, and you know we saw it in March for Life that she touched so many people's lives. We were like walking through, and I we hear Sister Jean, right. Sister Jean, and, and we're like, wait, everybody hold up, you know, Sister Jean found somebody else, <laughs> you know, or they found her, um, and the kids love her. I mean, they really do, and have such a great respect for her. But her story is is absolutely beautiful, and maybe we'll have her on one day because I don't know where I was during that time. Um, but I did not hear. I, I've heard bits and pieces of her. I haven't heard of her vocation story. I haven't heard it in its entirety. But that leads us into the next, the last quote, which was: "Anyone who has discovered Christ must lead others to Him. A great joy cannot be kept to oneself; it has to be passed on." Yep. And this was the big uh, commissioning, if you will, you know, and, and really connecting what they're going to receive in confirmation, you know, the fullness of their baptismal grace, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you know, and the mission to go out and and change the world, you know, to, to be soldiers for Christ, to, to live our faith, to defend our faith. You know, that's what the Holy Spirit calls us to do in confirmation, you know, and it says that great joy cannot be kept to oneself. You know, so it's, it's great, you know, if... The young girl who we started off with says, oh, I'm so in love with my faith. It was the best eight hours of my life. It was life-changing. But if she doesn't do anything with that, no, then it was all for nothing. I, yeah. I, always, I always use the example of what if the disciples just well, just stayed in the upper room, yeah. didn't do anything. We wouldn't have our faith. Yep. It, it, there's, there's a bell in my office that, um, that uh, was given to me, on my, I want to say, on my, on my pre-ordination. Well, a quote that I used the night of my diaconate ordination and reflection that I gave during a holy hour. And Father Michael Carruthers, Senior Michael Carruthers, uh, who gave us our canonical retreat for diaconate, used this quote. And it was very, n not very well known, and, and it's because of this. And the sound of music, not in the movie, but in the musical that you see on stage, in the reprise of 16 going on 17, 
and only our 16 going on 17. So in the end of the movie, when Liesl, you know, is conflicted because Rolf has gone into the Nazis, we, we talked about the Nazis twice today, uh, you know, and, and Maria and, and the captain have come back from their honeymoon and, uh, they're, you know, Maria and, and Liesl are talking about this relationship. And there, I don't know why it wasn't put into the movie because I would have loved to hear Julie Andrews sing this, this verse. And it goes like this right before they... Because Julian just goes right into you are 16, going on mm -hmm. 17. It's, you know, wait a year or two until you fall in love or something like that, which is basically the premise of the song, of the of the reprise. And But it starts like this. A bell is no bell to you ring, and a song is no song till you sing it. And love in your heart isn't meant to stay. Love, in, is your, love isn't love till you give it away. Oh, wow. It, it's there. It's, a, it's right there on my, on my bookshelf. And it's such a powerful quote. Uh, by Rodgers and Hammerstein, and I wish they would have kept it, put it in the movie. They didn't. It's it's what that quote is all about. It's the first thing I thought of when I read that yeah. quote, because you know, if we have this transformative message of the gospel, you know, look look at the gospel we had this morning of Jesus. We've been you know talking about it this morning in the office. Jesus uh, is confronted by this man who's possessed by not one demon but many unclean spirits. And Jesus expels them into a herd of swine, 2,000. Father Anna and I were t laughing about it because yesterday we had the pig roast here yeah. in the parish, <laughs> and we were judges, and we don't want to see lechong or, or, or pork meat for the other white meat yeah. for weeks. But we were there, and when our gospel the next morning, he had the 63 mass, like we're confronted by pork that we're still digesting. <laughs> so, but what happened, and then this is what I focused on in the homily, my homily this morning was, at the end of this, when Jesus is about to leave, because they asked him to leave. This is one of those few times that people, you know, a town mm -hmm. rejects Jesus, doesn't want to be close to him, doesn't want to see miracles. They just just go. This is freaky. And it is. It's very dramatic. It's a very long gospel. But the man who was set free, he wanted to remain with Jesus. He wanted to go get in the boat and go with Jesus. Just, Jesus said, no. Go and tell your family how the Lord had pity on you. And that's what he did. He went and announced to everyone, and the gospel said everyone was amazed. He went through all the Decapolis, all the, these ten cities that were in, in north north of uh, north of Galilee, and that's what we're meant to do. Jesus would tell people constantly, "Go and you know, no, you're not coming with me. You need to go and tell people what, what God has done for you." And that, and that's what this guy did, and that's what we're meant to do also, you know, because that bell is not going to ring itself. Yep. That that song it may be on a piece of paper. But let's say if Julie Andrews doesn't sing it, or Celine Dion doesn't sing My Heart Will Go On, or you know, Father Andrew's gonna go see Carrie Underwood this weekend, and <laughs> if she didn't sing Jesus Day, man, you know, imagine if we wouldn't have found yep. Carrie Underwood on American Idol, we wouldn't heard that voice. These are gifts to the world. Yep. You know, imagine if Sister Sean Pauline and I and Father Andrew did not say yes to the Lord and fulfilled our vocation. So we wouldn't have been able to fulfill that quote. Yep. And so that's the challenge we gave to the young people is that oh, I mean, you may not be called to, you know, to religious life. You may not be called to priesthood. You know, right after that retreat, I had to turn around and do a wedding. And I said, look at these young people. They are, these young people are embracing this vocation, tender marriage. We, I wasn't able to say this because we were on hiatus, but the last day of the year, December 31st, I did a wedding. And it was the youngest wedding I have ever done. Oh, yeah. She was 22 years old. He was 21 years old. And you're, and you're probably, you know, listening in your car going, what? <laughs> you know? Yes. And I asked him, okay, why? What? 
What's the hurry? Not that I, I didn't say it like that because I firmly believe it's some, you know, what they affirmed to me. He goes, Father, we've been dating since we were 15 years old. And everyone is waiting for that perfect time. Oh, let's wait until we finish school. No, no, then it's like, let's wait until we finish master. Mm. Oh, no, let's wait until I finish my residency or, I, I, or let's wait until I'm career. And you're always waiting, waiting, waiting. And then maybe you get to your late 20s or early 30s and you're still waiting. And we wait for the perfect time. We're never going to get married. Never going to get there. Yep. You know, what, was it the perfect time for you and Angie when you got married? No, of course. You just said, listen, I'm in love with you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. It's the Izzy quote from, from D.C. There was a running joke in D.C. Izzy watched the first hour and a half when Harry met oh, yeah. Sally. <laughs> on, the, on the drive up. On the drive up. On the, on the flight, flight up. up. Excuse me. That would have been a long drive. She would have finished it. <laughs> and the last half hour. And she went every to everyone, including Sister Sean Paul. Anyone had seen the movie before entering religious life and every single one of us told her you fit need to finish watching the movie we cannot do justice to the line that harry has at the end of the movie because when you realize that you want to spend the rest of your life with someone you want the rest of your life to start right away yep and that's what these kids did when they got married and that's what we need to do when we realize what our vocation is we can't keep putting it off as you kept saying like a confession say i'll do it next week no i'll do it next month i'll do it next Mm -hmm. year no it needs to start Right away, there's an urgency to the gospel. There's an urgency to fulfilling our vocation, which leads us to, you know, I <laughs> I get up and I had this gospel, you know, I was going to tie in and I had the, the, the sheet. I, right. I made you go get the sheet yep. from your briefcase. And um, that sounded too formal. You don't have a briefcase, so your your <laughs> knapsack or whatever it is. My knapsack? Oh, I, no, it's not a knapsack. Oh, I just, you, I just you, went, from, a, I just went from an executive to a kindergarten. Yeah, that's pretty much, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> It's, I'm tired. Anyhow, so, <laughs> but anyways, I get up there to, 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 to do the homily, and I plan, okay, I'm going to weave in these quotes and, you know, and weave them into the Beatitudes. But what so happens, like you said, you scrapped everything, and you went with Benedict. Yep. I get up there, and I'm, actually, I'm sitting down, and I hear the end of the second reading, and I had read it early in the week, but, you know, kind of, but I knew I was going to do the Beatitudes. Yep. I give a cursory glance at the second reading, and what's the end of the second reading? First, first chapter of 1 Corinthians. As it is written, whoever boasts should boast in the Lord. To go back to what light was, bulb, right? So I was like, <laughs> so I'm walking to the ambo to uh, to the pulpit to proclaim the gospel, and I did mention two of the beatitudes in my homily, but I harped on that boasting thing because, as I mentioned earlier, what gives them comfort? You know, they they dive into the Instagram, they dive into the TikTok, they dive into the Snapchat. And what do you, and I go? What do you guys do? The, this generation, they spend their time boasting. Mm-hmm. Look at what I'm wearing. Look at where I am. I keep doing that. Look at where I am. I'm in I'm in Disney World. Mm-hmm. I'm in the Barbados. I'm in I'm in I'm in the Bahamas. I'm in I'm in Europe. And yep. we're boasting about that. We're we're putting out this image of what we are doing. And look at how great I look. And look mm-hmm. at how great my boyfriend or my girlfriend looks, or husband and wife looks. And you know what? We need to boast in the Lord. We need to boast in the Lord. And so I challenge them. I go, okay, go outside, grab your phone, take a picture of you with the church behind you, and say, I boast to Jesus Christ. And they did. I saw a lot of them yesterday. I, I saw a lot of them taking their pictures. Yeah, it, it was great. I took a lot. I took some with, with the kids, and they, and they put it up. And I did it in the middle of Mass. <laughs> I didn't post it. I took the picture of me with the sisters. And, and there were some people there. I'm like, oh, we're going to rend their garments here, you know, like the, like the Pharisees. Uh, but 
Well, prop, props to the 5 p.m. regulars. Oh, because we overran the church. With yeah, them. you know what they were. I was like, oh my goodness, they're gonna kill me. And they were like, Father, this is a, such a great mass. I wish these kids would come every week. Yeah. And we had the call playing, and they did a great job. Uh, and it was perfect. And then they did a great uh, Holy Spirit song for the for these yep. for for these kids that are preparing to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But you know, we talked about comfort, sacrifice, and then the difficult part. Boast in the Lord because of what was said at the end of the Beatitudes. You know, blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter, utter, utter every kind of insult at you because of me. Rejoice and be glad for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Because I said to them, if, if, if you boast in this and, and say, it may cause people to stop following you because you, you're talking about your faith, mm -hmm. but you said it earlier on in your talk, it goes, you know, because of what I believe, I have friends that are no longer friends of mine. Yep. So, what do you do? We have to boast in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I said, better to be denied here than denied in heaven. Because he says, if you deny me here on earth, I will deny you in heaven. So better to be ostracized here, pers you know, persecuted, insulted here, than receiving that in heaven. You know, I, you see their faces. You pray and you, you see glimpses that they yeah. got this. Like that girl. Oh, she got it. Well, there was a, there was a great moment. After we did, after we handed out the palancas, and we're wrapping up here in, in a minute. But after we handed out the palancas, we we sent them outside to go read their letters, and the wedding that was taking place <laughs> had just finished. So this young couple comes out, and I feel bad if they wanted pictures by the fountain because we were we were they went to the garden. Yeah. But they turned the corner and kind of unprompted, the, all the candidates. Uh, Izzy may have started, but all the candidates who are kind of in their own zone reading their letters from their families, just start cheering on this, start applauding this young and, couple and, and, and they were yelling happy. for that. And, and they loved it. And I'm just observing this from the back, and I'm going, this is church at its finest. Mm -hmm. This young couple just got married, and the first thing that they encounter is 130 young people you know, coming off of their retreat cheering them on. Mm -hmm. you know, and is that not who we are? Exactly. And, 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 and listen, all weekend long the parish was you know, just busy. You know, we had the family picnic and in, in the school, and we had, you know, we had come, people coming to take their tests for the, for the, um, you know, for the school, and we had classes going, baptisms and weddings and and all that, and it just goes the vibrancy of the of parish life. You know, so, but we're we're so afraid to boast in the Lord, and what we don't realize is that there are so many right along with us. Exactly. And we have like, to take like we we think oh I'm I, I'm gonna post this and I'm I'm the only one who's gonna post it I'm I'm gonna be ostracized and good for good for us if we get criticized. It for happened it. to one but, of our girls that went on the March for Life. She yeah? she posted things and people yeah, yeah. were like shunning her when she went to school on Monday morning. But the flip side of that is she posted it and then people she didn't even think would be supportive of it were saying oh good for you I'm yeah. glad you were there I'm, I wish I could be there too maybe next year you know so we're so afraid and what we need to understand is. We have this entire silent community behind us, you know, and and we have the Holy Spirit behind us, you know, and and there's nothing to be afraid of. But know? the temptation is the comfort of yeah. silence. Yep. That oh, I'm not gonna be I'm gonna be silent about my face. I'm I'm gonna be silent about what truly matters. I'm gonna be silent, and all these issues that are important yep. to our faith. Yep. No, you're, if you're meant for greatness, yep. you're gonna tick some people off, as Jorge said earlier, along the way, but. 
it will make one person very happy. Oh, it's yeah. only one person that matters, <laughs> and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. So that. if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's yeah, a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? All right. Here we go. I have absolutely nothing to contribute this segment. You are useless to me. Totally. He had the retreat. He had the big... Did sports happen this weekend? I don't sports know. Sports happened this weekend. <laughs> and Father Andrew is here... To save, to, to save the day. Absolutely. Now, Father Andrew did not, and I did not see the NFC Championship game. There was not much to see, apparently. Well, we Brock were, Purdy went out. We were picking up a lechon. Yeah, we, 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 were, we were judges the for that, <laughs> the pig roast that we had yesterday, and we don't want to see a piece of pork for a while unless it's in, you know, mm-hmm. you know, lechon asado. So uh, we didn't see it, but the, the I did see, I, did you see the highlight? I did see the highlights last night on Sports Center. I didn't, no. Okay, so what happened was, was basically Brock Purdy went out, and they had, and then the other, the backup got a concussion, and they basically had to run a 1920s offense the rest of the of the game. But you need to see this because here's the thing: Father Andrew is a very big New York Giants fan. You know, was practically raised in, in around the New York area in Jersey. So, can you explain to us the vitriol that Giants fans feel for Eagles fans? Oh, and well. And I uh, and here, we nice. go, here we go. And be nice. Oh, and, and and for me in particular, I was in New Jersey, which is divided territory between Giants and Eagles, depending yeah. on how far north or south you are. And I was right in the center. Yeah, it's strong. I mean, Philly and New York are very close geographically. Culturally, they, there's probably more similarity than they would want to admit, and I think that's part of the issue. Um, yeah. But New York and Philly, you know, it goes back. I mean, it's it's yeah, the Knicks it's and old. Sixers, uh, it's, you know, Phillies and Mets. It's deep. Yeah, and well, and you, you know, fi- you know whenever fly, the Yankees Flyers play the Phillies in the World Series, they beat them. So that's, that's all that true. matters. Night two thousand nine, uh, or last, but, you know, last one, but whatever. But uh, no, but the Giants and the Phillies, uh, the Giants and the Eagles. I'm sorry, that's. Not only just New York and Philadelphia, but that's also the old NFC East. Yeah, the Miracle in the Meadowlands, the Herm right. Edwards play in the seventies. You know, you have the the Deshaun Jackson. Don't bring thing. that. Yeah, up. I'm sorry. <laughs> you remember that one? But there's plenty of of moments in that rivalry that go back, and the Empire State Building oh, is the iconic, iconic Sign your skyscraper in in the in New York City. Really, the iconic skyscraper. In the country, in yeah. In the country. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so, you know, that light means something to people. And <laughs> I just think somebody that didn't know sports or they were just really, uh, just very culturally not understanding of their own people. So, you know, green and white is one thing if it was for the Jets, which... You don't, we don't like them, but, but it makes sense. It's New York. But they also don't. So they lit up, up the New York. To have it lit up for so them. After so after the Eagles won the NFC Championship, the Empire State Building lit up in green, in Eagles green. And they tweeted out some congratulation yeah. text. Now, later on, they tweeted out for the AFC Championship, which we'll get into in a second, winner saying, we know we messed, not that we know we messed, I forgot what the actual tweet is. 
we heard you, but now we're lighting it up in honor of the AFC champion. We're like, uh, no, you, you My you favorite up. tweet in response was from the New York City Sanitation Department. Oh, you sent it to me this Which morning. their colors are also green and white. And they put up, they said, well, we're just going to consider that it's lit up for us. We take <laughs> out your trash every day. We will take out your trash next year. And next year, that'll include the Eagles yeah, twice. Yeah, I'm reading it right now. And that's it's, hilarious. It's, it's, that's New York, baby. But so basically, the Eagles, that front seven uh, yeah, got to Purdy. They're really, I mean, I saw what they did to his team, to the Giants last week and did to Daniel Jones. They were never in that game. Uh that's why I say go back and watch that the, the highlights because there was a do, there was a catch that was a non catch that, that on the first Eagles drive that Devonte Smith caught and did not catch and he was calling snap the ball snap the ball snap the ball they snapped it in 15 seconds and he, and Shanahan didn't have enough enough time to throw the flag and that was a 40 yard bomb or something like that to get him down to the 10 and they scored eventually and that would have changed the game now there's no way San Francisco was winning that game without Purdy. Because yeah, Purdy, points, Purdy comes seven. back in, and all he could do is hand off. It's basically 1920s NFL football, or old Big Ten football, so to speak. So, Father Andrew, we had the picnic, and he had the 530 mascot, bless him. And we're there, and we're both disgusting. We wanted showers. We wanted prayer. We wanted rest. We get in. We sit down at 630, and we both got in and started watching the AFC Championship game, which was a very good game and a great duel. The best football game of the playoffs. Of oh, the playoffs, this absolutely. Year, yes. far. It is. Well, I saw the first quarter, and then I was. Out. Yeah, so you're used to And hopefully, to me. the best game of the playoffs <laughs> this entire year, because hopefully, Kansas City whoops on the Eagles. And we like to. We, we want a competitive Super Bowl. But I would take a. Yeah, uh, I would take a Seattle over Denver situation. <laughs> Whoa, that was a bad. That was a bad. As Super long Bowl. as oh, it's man, uh, that was in the Meadowlands. No, as long as it's um. That was the last big not Philly blowout. winning. Yeah, so. We sit down, and obviously Mahomes with the, with the ankle injury, you could tell he was a little bit hobbled, but still was making some plays. And Joe Burrow, I, I would turn to every time he made a play. I mean, they were backed up on their 10, and he had a third and 12 late in the game. And I'm like, you know, hand it off here and live to fight on a day. No, he makes a play and, and delivers to a wide-open tight end. And I turn to Father and I go, he is that man. Yeah. Well, he the, – the man uh, – and – the end of the game, I mean, it was. Now you want it. We we talked about it off air before we went on. Uh, the officiating was terrible. There was some. There was a Jorge. There was a do over. You know, you're in. You know, you're in the you're playing a flag football game on the streets yeah. or a tag, and something happened. Yeah, just do over. I mean, you you go with it. You could. You're playing, but this is professional. He, Jorge's looking at us like what. Yeah, he's looking with his squinty over, eyes. Do over third and nine. So here's what happened. Here's a sequence of events. There was a second down play where Mahomes is going back to pass. And this is in the fourth quarter. It's tied 20 to 20. And both teams are trying to find footing to get mm-hmm. that last three points to get into the Super Bowl. And it was tense. In fact, before Cincinnati tied it, you know, the Eagles, I mean, sorry, the Chiefs had the ball. And I'm like, and I'm telling Father Andrew, this is going to get ugly if Mahomes gets another touchdown and blows the roof off the place. Mahomes fumbles. Mahomes had never lost a fumble oh, wow. in the playoffs. Mahomes has never lost, has only lost three games in the playoffs, two in overtime and one in the Super Bowl. It was a non-contact fumble. And it was he a non-contact. He just lost the ball. Hand. He just lost wow. the ball. Just so, up in the and, that, and then Burrow took the ball and marched on the field and, right. and connected uh, with T. Higgins on a great, great touchdown. So, but to... The ensuing drive, 
it was a second down. The, the, the Bengals' defense was swarming, making Mahomes very uncomfortable back there. Mahomes shows an incomplete pass. Now, they line up for the third down play, and all of a sudden, they stop with about 10 seconds left on the play clock, and they readjust the ball. They line judge, okay? And, the, and Ron Torborg, the referee, says, uh, we had to respot the ball. The play clock and the game clock will wind on my signal. Now, what just happened on the previous play? An incomplete pass. No. The clock should not be winding. There's about nine minutes left in the game or so. So they run the third down play. And now, to get Mahomes off the field is an accomplishment. On any play, in any game, in any situation, mm-hmm. forget about it, it's the AZJ. Getting Mahomes off the field is an accomplishment. Back to pass. I don't know if it was an incomplete or if it was... It was an it was, incomplete it was, pass. It was an incomplete pass. Great. Punting team comes on. No, but before that, that 39 incomplete pass... The referee, one of the one of the, I don't mm. know what it is. Up, so, in, no, so up in the corner had stopped the so, play. So, so here's what happened. So with ten seconds left, the punt team's on the field. George is like scratching his head. Oh, what is going on? Goodness. You know, in the AFC championship, in the AFC championship game, in the fourth quarter of a tie game. So with ten seconds left on the fourth down play to punt, they, there's a conference, and all of a sudden we see on the screen Mahomes take the field again. And I'm thinking, are they going to go for it? <laughs> they're at the 35, 40-yard line in their territory. Are they going to go for it? And the referee comes on and goes, the previous play was shut down. Shut down. <laughs> now, l- l- maybe like oh, two goodness. minutes later, CBS shows us the, the back judge come in because he realized, and rightly so, that they had wound the clock after an incomplete pass. But it did not affect the play. No, so the just play, adjust the clock. The play, the, the, the referee like walked five feet, putting his hand in, like stop. Nobody saw him. The play went for. He backed off and said, the play's going, I'm going. You know, the referee didn't see me. So I'm like, the field oh, just said, I'm goodness. just. But they made the thing. No, man, just adjust the clock. Okay. What so ha- that incomplete 39 was be, shut right, down. Was right. shut down. So they made the first down. Oh, they didn't. No, no, but the thing is, the, the drive continued. The drive con- it was on the next set of downs that they they they, oh, okay. they took them out. They made the first down. I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. New York looked like they really wanted an Andy Reid Super Bowl. You know, he had coached mm-hmm. the Eagles, now coaches the Chiefs. So, no, they stopped them. They Yikes. pinned Cincinnati down. That's where that, that's where Burrow made that big play. The refs had a bad night though, because earlier you had that four points. They oh no, that, it was a holding. That really, yeah. that wasn't holding. Yeah, that was they, they took they, they, they took, took a touchdown, touchdown from Kansas City. Kansas City. Ooh, yeah, that was a holding on, that first was, quarter. That was not holding, and it cost them it cost them four points. They scored uh, they, it was it was three nothing at the time. It could have been ten nothing, right. and again ended up being six nothing. Bur- so they pin Burrow back down there. He makes a play, but then the next set of downs he couldn't. So Cincinnati makes a grave mistake. Even though Kansas City has had terrible special teams all year, they could get straight down the middle of the field. They run out, and there's like forty seconds left. I remember Holmes only needed fifteen last mm-hmm. year to tie the game against Buffalo. And the guy comes out to the 50 or, or, or thereabouts. And then Mahomes is scrambling and Mahomes can't scramble. I mean, he's on a gimpy leg. Right. He's got a bad ankle. And this is what decided the game. He scrambles, gets the first down around the 40. Yeah, I, re- I did read something about a questionable late hit. No, it wasn't a questionable late hit. It wasn't questionable. I haven't seen I, anything. No, it wasn't questionable. 10 out of 10 times, that will, yeah. it was a late hit. The guy, if you if I showed you a still, the guy had not touched Mahomes and his feet are on the white. That that should have been. Yeah. 
So it turned a 60-yard field goal with time expiring into a 45-yard yep. field goal. I thought on the initial look that it would have been good from 60. No way. And then Father Henry goes, no, look, at look. And it was, gonna, it was starting to drift left. but And that's what put Kansas City into wow. the Super Bowl. Now, the refs had a bad night. Some people say it was question. It was not. Ten out of, that needed to be called. Defense, and and the, the four the defense needs to know to lay up. I yeah, no, and, and the Cincinnati defense played played their butt. It was an amazing game. Burrow, Mahomes. Now I was telling Father Andrew in the game as we look forward to the Super Bowl. Cincinnati had really hard time in the first half adjusting to the blitz schemes of, of Kansas City, and they have three guys from their offensive line gone for yep. the season. They would not have matched up well against Philadelphia's front seven. Kansas City, you know, did make adjustments to Cincinnati's. Mm-hmm. You know, but Mahomes with a gimpy ankle. Purdy was, you know, but Mahomes can get out. Mahomes is not Purdy. We were talking about that because I'm, I'm sitting there. My rooting interest was whoever can beat Philadelphia. <laughs> and and Father Man is like, it's not Cincinnati. It's not Cincinnati. It's not going to match up well. So I find no, myself I, rooting for KC at the end. But yeah. You know. So, and, and, I, and he was not rooting for overtime. I kept saying, this is going to overtime. This is going, and it should have gone to overtime. No, I wasn't rooting for overtime because I had the six fifteen mass right. this morning, and, I and, it was our, bed. and that game went long. Not as long as the the, the Buffalo Miami game two weeks ago, but it did go. It ended around nine forty five, close to ten o'clock. Uh, but no, looking forward to Super Bowl fifty seven, fifty seven uh, in Glendale. It opened up. I told you it was Eagles minus one. It went back to Kansas City minus two and a half. Went to pick them, and now it's settled kind of around Philadelphia two two and a half. So yeah, it's gone back and forth. I would favor the Eagles just because of the way of the front seven. But, while, but the Mahomes ankle situation is a big that's, deal. That's big because the, the, this game, I told you, this game yesterday, <laughs> this game yesterday, it started off because of Mahomes' injury as Cincinnati minus one. And until the, the betters saw Mahomes walk onto the practice field and walk around without a limb, then it switched to, it settled at Kansas City minus two and they covered. So we're talking gambling too, please. And the Jalen Hurts uh, shoulder seems to have remedied it itself. Looks, so. It looked like, and they talked about it on, on NFL Primetime last night, that they ran him like on purpose yesterday, even though when the game was out of reach, to get him reps. But both quarterbacks are in, it's, It'll be interesting. But here's where the point that I want to make. When Tua Tungavailoa replaced Jalen Hurts in the that first Georgia-Alabama National Championship with that was one on a two or two Devontae Smith walk-off touchdown in overtime. Did you ever think that Jalen Hurts, who transferred Oklahoma, would get to a Super Bowl before Tua? And that's what happened. Uh, well, by the way, this is. I gonna never be- thought Tua would make it to year three in the league. But and, and, <laughs> that was because of his hip, not because he, of his head. And and we'll see about that. But and, and here's the thing: this is. Do you like be- Do you like Alabama claiming Jalen Hurts now? Of course, Alabama's going to claim Jelly. They're going to claim everybody, even though because Devontae <laughs> Smith is on there. Alabama, Alabama. Uh, here's the thing: is this is the youngest quarterback uh, uh, duel, a duel, in terms of combined age since Marino and Montana in well, Super Bowl 19. Why would you by hurt th- yourself like that by bringing that up? I'm just saying. You know, I I remember that game. Uh, Marino did score a touchdown early on. No, it was the Super Bowl seventeen that we were actually leading in the fourth quarter until Riggins went off on us. And my father, to this day, will not forgive the the Redskins were driving. Bo Camper had an interception thrown by Joe Theismann in his chest that he dropped. Kim Bo Camper was standing <laughs> next to me on the sidelines for five years. 
my father would not, and he ate in his restaurants, but still did not forgive Kim Camper. <laughs> I don't remember it because I don't remember all the details of that game as well as I do Super Bowl 19. But uh, that's one of the years we thought, oh, the Dolphins are going to Super Bowl every year. This is something that's happening. And, and Marino's going to go to many more. Like everybody said last night, the Bengals will be back. The Bengals, Joe Burrow will be back. Joe Burrow will be back. Listen, Marino went to one. Just like Burrow went, Burrow went his second, just, just like Marino, Burrow went his second year. Marino never went back. It's not a given. Nope. No, it's no, not a not given. A given. You know, everybody said, everybody said, oh, Buffalo's going to make it to Super Bowl. They still haven't gone. With this group, haven't made it to Super Bowl. Made it to one AFC championship well, game and lost. Lots of great lost. teams that happens. Look yeah. at these, look at the Packers. Well, look at the, the, look at the Rams. window. Yeah, exactly. We were talking about that last night. And now, they're going. Rodgers is gone. The salary probably. cap situation is mm. crazy. And there's no one around him at Green no. Bay anymore. So if I was Aaron Rodgers, I'd want out too. Yeah, that's going to be tricky. Who would they sell it? But you, you look at L.A., they won the. They did get the Super Bowl. Now you get the Super Bowl. Okay, everything's forgiven. You won it. You didn't get there. You won it. But look what the year they had. I think it's the, the worst Super Bowl. Uh, yes. The worst defending champ four or five record games. ever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Four or five games. Usually that happens to the loser, and the loser of last year was. We don't know anything was, about that as Marlins fans. We don't. Late. They, <laughs> oh, they were late boy. hit away. They were late hit away from getting to overtime to get to the Super Bowl. And remember so, that Hertz is younger than Stetson Bennett. That that's a great stat. If Hertz wins the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl winning quarterback will be younger than the national championship winning quarterback. That's crazy. It is crazy. So we're in it right there because I didn't follow anything. Panthers are apparently not playing well. Heat didn't win yesterday. Uh, they beat the Celtics actually, which was good. And uh, we're gonna have Mark Light baseball soon. Yeah, he's he's really looking forward to that. And you know the, the Canes base basketball team is playing very well. You know the four losses, they're they're ranked and. And like I said a couple weeks ago, last week they, you know, in, in route to the, to the tourney. So well, Kane's baseball came in at uh, eight preseason. Oh, hey, he contributed no. something. Uh, hey, there you go. <laughs> I didn't like, know that. There's like fifteen. There's a million. Oh, no, I know. There's a bunch of different America. We're everything from five to there's one of them has us in the twenties. There's a number of them that have us in the back end of the top ten. So, and eight. I mean, there's a lot of potential for Omaha in the team this year. But no, a lot of people think hard. that God, we got to get back. It, we have it, it's it's hard. So, um, some of the other teams, for example, now you know, listen to my brother, which uh, you know he's one of these big Gator people, yeah. and they're supposedly very stacked <laughs> this year as well. Oh, whatever. They're a top five team this All year. All right, now it's time to mute the microphone. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we can do that. <laughs> so, uh, no, I really have to say really quickly. Yesterday, the twenty four hours of Daytona were were concluded, and this is for Carly, CJ, and Joe. You know, congratulations to the Acura team led by Elio Crescent-Evers who won the 24 Hours of Daytona. No one in this table knows what I'm talking about. Daytona 500 is in three weeks. Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> and we lost the audience. <laughs> Rory McIlroy won a, a, a tournament this morning in, in Dubai uh, beating Patrick Reed from Live Golf. That was very interesting. And I think that's our cue to sign off. That right is our there. cue to sign off because I have to go do a funeral. <laughs> All right, friends. Remember to boast in Jesus Christ. He's the only one we should boast in. Continue. Read the read the Beatitudes if you can this week. Meditate upon them. And if you're going to boast, boast in Christ Jesus. Amen. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.